Hello, and welcome to Season 3 of the Shedding Light Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's episode as we sit down with Andrew Cock to talk about his life as an athlete and coach and what motivated him to introduce the All In Sports Conference. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Shedding Light Podcast. It's been a while, it's been a time, we've been gone for a little bit. Um, If you didn't take a listen to the Season 3 trailer, I'd encourage you to do so. Uh, Basically, I'll just fill you in with what is to come, but today we have a returning guest, but we're going to be speaking about a whole different conversation altogether. We have Andrew Cock joining us once again. Um, Last time you heard him, he was talking about the worship songs that he's written. Today, we're going to look at a totally different aspect of his life. Um, So, if you don't know, you will know now, the All In Sports Conference is happening, um, and we're really, really excited about that. Um, Details will be in the description of the podcast. You can go to our website, you can go to our Facebook page, you'll find everything there, Instagram, um, search for it there, All In Sports Conference, um, and kind of the, the... the baby of Andrews, if we can call it that. Andrew, can we call it that? Kind of like your brainchild? You can, yes. We can you call can. it that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so I wanted, to get, I wanted to get you on today, Andrew, to just talk about everything that's led to this point in your life where you, you birthed this, this sports conference, sure. um, Sparta Speed, Athletes in Action that you're involved in, all of these things that, mm. uh, that's happening for you. I want to look at what what led to this point because it, you you didn't just wake up one day and decide <laughs> I'm going to make all of this happen, you know. No, absolutely <laughs> and, not. <laughs> yeah, and, and you certainly weren't alone in making this making this happen. Um, and yeah. so, I want to look at the beginning. We're going to go to the very start of everything. Sure. Okay. For you, Andrew, <laughs> when did the athletic bug bite? Was it primary school, high school? What? When did this all happen for you? Sure. Um, how much time do I have? <laughs> no, just joking. So, um, yeah, this will kind of be a summary. This is not going to go in depth. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, we'll be here for hours because you've certainly had a life yes, uh, that yes. we could talk about. But yeah, let let's start at the beginning. Yeah. So, so it, um, I think it must have been you know while I was in primary school still. Um, we always used to do all sorts of things: cricket, gymnastics, um, tennis, soccer. But there was always the element of running that I was really drawn to. Um, that I enjoyed more than the contact sports. Um, I mean, I'm a small guy anyway, so so that was, <laughs> was safer for me anyway. And um, yeah, so the running was always something that I just took to naturally. Um, and I was faster than, than most, not everyone, faster than most Sure. Um, at school, uh, primary school. And um, yeah, I think from there, teachers saw it and they just got us into sports and, and made us move around a lot. Eh? Um, unlike these days, where it's, it's not as as yeah. as yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, so it started in primary school, um, and I had a teacher there, Mr. Peter Williams, who passed away a few few months ago, sadly. Um, and he really pushed us into into sports and athletics, specifically for myself. Um, yeah, so that's where it started, uh, roughly sure. speaking. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And. You know, kind of the rest is history. You know, I mean the the bug bit there, yeah. And from there, it was no, it it stopped becoming this extramural, yes, and became a very very important part yeah. of your life to yeah. the point where you you're competing um, 
at a at a school level, you're representing Eastern Province. Um, sure. When did that When did that happen? This this kind of move from this is more than just a thing I do in the yeah. afternoons at school yeah. to now I'm actually going to do this compete provincially. Sure. Yeah. So so again, um, I I didn't plan it. It, it just happened. Um, I was like I said, I was driven by just this, you know, just having to run and and feeling that that freedom basically. Yeah. So I would go down to the track on my own in Galvin um, and just go and run, like do sprints. I didn't know what I was doing. Didn't have a clue. I'll watch what sure. other people were doing and I'll like copy them, etc. Asked a few guys for tips, but they wouldn't give you because you will compete with them in a few years' time. So yeah. they don't want you to <laughs> get better. <laughs> were, were, you so, at, were you at high school at this point? Or was this, yes, was this I was, after, this was high after school. Chapman? Okay, so this, this was, was at Chapman? School. Yes, okay. Chapman Senior cool. Secondary. Um this was high school. I didn't have a coach then. So I just went through the motions um, on my own and then struggled. Didn't make any teams. I couldn't get past, I would say, the first, second round sure. um, of school athletics for like three years. Wow. Yeah. So it was a hard grind. Um, but miraculously, um, one night we had Champ of Champs. It was a big competition back then. Cool. Uh, I'm talking now probably before you were born. Even <laughs> <laughs> So... So it was a big competition then, and all the schools in the northern areas and townships would come together and we'd compete, you know, and yeah, you'll be crowned the champ of champions that night. And for some reason, I just shot out and won both 100, 200. Um, Then I heard my name over the loudspeaker saying that I made the East Province team. I was like, what is that? And what's happening? I was like really oblivious to what's going on, what was actually happening. (laughs) Um, it's kind of that, like everyone else around you is aware. Yeah, and you're they just are. There in your own world, going, yeah. hmm, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. But at this also time, I was, you know, I was a teenager, so, mm. you know, I was doing my own thing and all of that. So um, then I made the team, and um, following year, I made the team as well. We went to Cape Town, competed against other provinces. Um, the likes of Ashwell Prince was in the team, Leroy sure. Newton, Bradley Agnew, you know, all these guys who went on to do great things on, on the athletic scene yeah. um, as well. And in cricket. So, um, yeah, so we competed there. Um, and then following year, I made another team. Uh, made another Eastern Province team. I was in matric that year. And then I had to go to, to study, further studies. And then I was called by uh, one of the teachers from Chapman, uh, Mr. Martin Davids, saying that he has an athlete, he thinks he's talented, and um, he thinks we'll do well together. Uh, oh, training. Cool. So he actually, I was going to probably stop athletics at that point in time because I didn't see there was no scope I couldn't see what was sure. happening beyond that you know what I mean yeah. it's a different world then than what it is now yeah. to what it is now and um, and he got me into it again and that's really when I saw okay so this can actually lead to something bigger than what I had in mind because he was talking to us about all these big meets in Europe yeah. you know, all over the world etc and that was like a different world completely to, to what I'd known and um, yeah, and so I just kind of pursued it from there, you know. Um, I wasn't awesome. the greatest athlete, um, but I worked hard, you know. Yeah. I really worked hard, and I was a good student, I think, um, of the sport, um, stats-wise, and just technique, etc. So, yeah. Yeah, okay. And all of this, I mean, I know I know. before we before we, <laughs> we started this, you said, don't ask you dates, but I'm going to <laughs> ask you. Around, around what point was this? So that was um, pre-94. Pre-94. Yeah, okay. so it was in the party time, so it was a very different time. That's what I mean when I, yeah. you know, it was very different. Um, there were two worlds basically in our world that there was another world that we didn't know anything about. Sure. 
So post-94, we could then compete, you know, um, mm. as open to everyone. So I went to the Oval for the first time in my life, believe it or not, in 95, I think. Sure. Um, and ran there against who, guys who were known as the Prince Lut twins, huge guys, <laughs> Marnus and Eben, I'll never forget them. <laughs> um, they were rivals, but we became good friends. So, cool. you know, over time. And um, yeah, and they also showed us a few things, you know, of what, how things were like, etc., and then made another, made a few more provincial teams, um, and that's when things really started changing for me. When I could see sure. a different world, you know, obviously, it yeah, yeah. I'm sure immediately your eyes were open to there's a future in this. Yes, there's a future in this beyond yeah. just school level. Yeah. You know, doing this for pride, I yes. can actually make something yeah. of this. Yeah. So we used to see guys competing on on TV. Johan um, Oosthuizen's like way back then mm. and now we can see okay so this is how they got there yeah so now it's possible you know yeah. and that was just a big motivation sure um, yeah <laughs> so so i've i've got i've got something here 2002 mm-hmm. okay i don't know if you can recall where you would have been in your life at that point 2002 the absa series in did, Port Elizabeth. Did you go into Google or something? What's, what's going on? I found, <laughs> I found some stuff here. Okay. All right. <laughs> 100 meter time of 10.94. Yeah. That, so, you, that, you, that you ran. Yes. So That is rapid. Um, not really. Okay. <laughs> yeah. This is coming from me, just someone who yeah, watches yeah. or someone who's never competed. Yeah. But in my mind, do 10.94 is rapid. Yeah. Um, that was yeah, the Absa series. So yeah. they had two races, A race and a B race. Yeah. Um, I mentioned guys earlier, Bradley Agnew, so they mm. were in the A race, I was in the, the B race. Sure. Um, but it was such a great um, competition, eh? like those years, it was, there was a lot of these going on mm. you know, around the country. Um, and so I ran that night, um, that evening, unexpectedly, and I won the B race. You know, yeah. um, competition wasn't very tough, yeah. to be honest, in all fairness, um, and with as much respect as possible to the opponents that night. Um, yeah, but yeah, so that's mm. that's the time I ran that night. Yeah, because so. because something something I just found so interesting. Um, I think it's it's the case with with everything that you know principles that exist in yeah. athletics or sport. Those are principles that will exist in every yes in every yes. place of sure. life. And one thing that that always interests me is just the composure mm. of athletes at yes. this level. Um, when you know you're training for ages for a race that lasts 11 seconds, <laughs> yes. you know, and that level of composure—I mean, we call it like big match temperament—but yeah, just yeah. something that something that for me, competing in any mm. sport in my life, I've never had that. Sure, it was always training was fine. Yeah, you know, yeah. training was fine. You do all the the yeah. great stuff in training, and then but when it when it actually matters and you're there. In a, in a match or in a race or whatever it is, yes. that's when it matters. And that's yeah. when I could never do anything because yeah. composure was non-existent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but when, when, I, when I look at this, 10.94 for you, second place was 11 seconds, sure. dead. Yeah. 0.06 seconds. Yes. What does that look like on a, on a track? That, I mean, that's, um, like, that's like shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, there, there, there's, there's no yeah. margin for error there. No margin. Um, it's very tight, yeah. And and you talk about composure, and and those are the moments where you, you have to be composed yeah. because there's a lot happening around you, um, you know. And if you're not focused on your own race, on your own lane, so to speak, you'll get distracted, mm. and your opponent will get the upper hand. Yeah, you know. Um, 
Yeah, so, so yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because, you know, when, when I think of composure, and, you know, I mentioned that in other areas of life. Sure. Did, did you find that your, um, you know, the, the composure and that, temp- that temperament that mm. you had to have in these races, did you find that impacting other areas of your life outside of athletics? Absolutely, um, without a shadow of a doubt. It's, it's been so, it's been a good tool. Um, sure. It's something you, as coaches, you, you know, we, we teach that from an early age mm. when you start athletics or any sport, basically, I think, these days. Um, it's just to focus on what you are doing and what you can do, what you can control, what you can't control. Sure. So I can control my attitude towards an event. I can't control the weather. So get over yeah. it if the weather is not good. Sure. You know, but control your attitude. Yeah. Um, that's good. what you can control, you know. So, so that's, those are things that we, we work on. Um, with the young athletes coming up these days. And so when they get to the big stage, I mean, you look at uh, Usain Bolt, for example, who's retired recently. The most chilled guy, relaxed yeah. guy on the scene. Um, I mean, they're all, all those photos of him yeah. crossing the finish line with the shoelace undone. Yes, yes. And, yeah. you know, in interviews, he spoke about his pre, the diet um, or the meal he had yes. before he ran that record-breaking yeah. race. Yes. And it was... Chicken nuggets, nuggets uh, McDonald's yes. chicken nuggets yes. and something else. And yeah. It's like you look at that attitude and you go, that's not the attitude I'd expect yeah. of a record-breaking athlete. Yeah, yeah. And yet absolutely. it might be just the right attitude. Yeah. yeah. Look, yeah, absolutely. So, so you have to be relaxed. Eh? And, and that's also a, a matter of confidence. So, so he's obviously very confident. So, and he knows his opponent knows that he's confident. So mm. he'll feed off that as well. Yeah. Um, where they really ate chicken nuggets is another story. I know McDonald's <laughs> was in the village where they lived. Um, it was the Olympics, so you know. So it's cer- it's certainly not not something you took to your athletes um, and said no. this is this is the tool for success. No, now. because Eat as many chicken nuggets. No, as absolutely you want. not because genetically isn't another yeah. level. So yeah, yeah. You know, you have to compete yeah. differently. So yeah. so he. he can do that others can't so maybe that's why i didn't do so well when i played <laughs> matches is because i took the chicken nuggets approach and it's clearly it certainly seriously. doesn't work for me <laughs> yeah sorry Kieran. you should have you should have spoken to me beforehand so. no i should have you're very right you're very right <laughs> so i think that that's what's amazing about the all-in conference um yeah. i remember the first year mm. um i mean we can talk candidly now mm. um, because it's an established it's an established thing with the first year sure um it was weird advertising it mm. because it was new. Yes. So when you talk about the All In Conference and even afterwards when, yeah. you know, I asked people, you know, oh, where were you? I was hoping to see that. Oh, no, I'm not an athlete. Yeah. And you, yeah. you're thinking, that's not the point. Yes. And it's because of this. Yeah. And I remember attending seriously, not having a clue of what to expect. Sure. I, I will be honest with you yeah. and say that I thought I was going to sit in a room, yeah. have an athlete speak to me about sports things sure and i was going to have to try and yeah. apply this to my life absolutely <laughs> but what a mind-blowing experience yeah. because uh, you realize that these are people who are they're competing but everything that they are learning yeah. and everything that they are applying in their trade applies to me directly sure. in what i'm doing yeah. because these are just general life lessons absolutely and that's what we, what, what we, the whole point of the conference is, you know, yeah. um, is just to share that. I mean, I looked at my experience and things I actually didn't experience as an athlete and where I lacked, um, you know, if I received better guidance, counseling, yeah. you know, just some bit of, you know, mentoring, et cetera. 
um, I could have been a better athlete, a better coach. Um, and so hence, All In came about, you know, and that is just to create the platform where athletes can share their stories, their experiences, and others like myself um, can learn from that and apply that to everyday life. Yeah. Yes, we are, it's athlete speaking, um, from an elite level to amateur level, um, but the stories they share, the principles they share, can be applied across the board. You know, yeah. it's, 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 yeah, it's yeah. just the background in sport. Yes, yeah. It's not who they are, it's what they do. Mm. You know what I mean? So, so we can take what they share and apply it to everyday life. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So this is just an encouragement. If you're listening to this, the all-in conference is where you need to be. Yeah, you know? absolutely. If you, if you couldn't make it past D-team and you stopped, <laughs> and you stopped in grade seven, yeah. doesn't matter. This is for you. Sure. You know? I remember, and I'm a testament to this, really, guys. I'm a testament to this. I remember a game of cricket we played. We, I was in grade nine or grade 10. Um, so yeah, 50, I was about 15 years old. And we go and we play against Gray High School. Okay. And we're playing against their eighth team. <laughs> so they're the, the last team. You know, it's that team where like they had a grade seven join because someone couldn't make it. Yes. So yes. there was a grade seven EP bowler yeah. who joined their team. But it's like now you've got a grade seven and you've got matrix and everything in the same team. It's that kind of school okay. team. We okay. all know those teams. And it was embarrassing. It was, we were slaughtered. I think we were all out for 50. We were all out for 50 <laughs> or 60. I don't think anyone, I, th I think only one of our batsmen got, or only two of our batsmen got double figures. Um, <laughs> so we were all out for 50 or 60 and they finished uh, and their innings lasted all of, sure. I think, four overs, wow. four or five overs or something. <laughs> okay. It was embarrassing. Yeah. And I was still here and I learned so much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting because, you know, just, just thinking about that, um, at my school, when I was at school, we had one team. Yeah. And that then automatically is the first team. Sure. So when things open up, you'd compete against other teams' yeah. first team. Jeez. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, just <laughs> let that, that sink was, in. That, yeah, that was, that was, yeah, I mean, we had one team, but we, yeah. we competed against eighth teams. Yes. You guys went straight, straight we against, first, against teams. first team. Right? Here we go. It was chaos. But luckily, we had our rugby team wasn't too bad. Okay. And we had, you know, guys like Tando Manana who came from another school. Uh, sure. his school yeah, doesn't yeah. have rugby, so he played for us. Sure. Um, which helped quite a sure. bit. I mean, Tando was a beast. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was the first beast. Yes. He was the original beast. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. You had a successful career as, a, as an athlete, as mm. a competitor. The move then from competing into coaching. Sure. Where did, uh, you know, yeah. where did that, when, when or where did that happen? So, so it's, inter it's an interesting story um, in the sense that I was part of a, a group, um, a lead group in PE at the time. Um, and we had excellent coaches in Marika and Chris Dubell. Um, and that was around 2008, 2009, 2010, where they couldn't coach anymore. Um, and because I was the more senior in the group, um, they just said, no, just carry on with, with what we're doing. Um, because I've known the programs. I was, like I said earlier, I was a good student. So mm. I would literally watch Chris sure. make mental notes, take notes down wow. for like years. 
You know what I mean? Um, and he picked up on it because if he said something, I'll say, no, but we did this last week, yeah. did it this way type of thing, you know? So, so I was a good student in that sense. And I was intrigued by the whole science behind getting someone to move better, especially someone who's already moving well. How do you get him to move even better than yeah. that? You know, so that was very, I was very interested in that. And um, yeah, and so one day they couldn't, um, they couldn't coach anymore because of just the situation um, at the time. And I was thrust into, into coaching overnight, literally. So, so I went from being an athlete the one day to a coach the following day. Yes. Um, and it was a <laughs> baptism of fire, let me tell you. It was like, it was tough. Um, you know, just thinking so about there was, it. There was no tutorial there for you on how, nope. to, how to be a coach 101. No, it was no that was it, eh? And, and what I learned, eh, it's, it's interesting, it's not how much I knew, but more how I related to the athletes. Ah, okay. Because I, at the time, it took me a while to just distinguish, you know, just put a barrier between me now being the coach and not the training partner anymore. Yeah. That took some time, you know, okay. and it was a very, very steep learning curve, um, but it was necessary, you know. Sure. And, and I mean, we had a fair amount of success. Yeah. Um, it, how you know? important, is that important from a respect perspective? From, from what perspective is, sure, it, is it really important to, to distinguish from, from being, I'm just a training partner sure. now, to now I'm your coach? I think, I think it's, it's a matter of trust, first and foremost. Sure. Um, and then obviously mutual respect plays a big role. Um, but trust is so important, um, sure. you know, um, in that role. Because now I'm the guy who ran with you yesterday and I'm blowing the whistle today, mm. literally. So... You know what I mean? Yeah, Trust yeah, me yeah. To, to, yeah, yeah. to get you to where you need to be. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, and but I soon realized as well that it's not just about the physical um, side of coaching. There's, there's the mental, there's the spiritual side of it, um, you know, the mentoring side. So, so, so I learned as we went, literally. Um, but I had people around me who would advise and yeah. guide. And the athletes themselves were very, very accommodating. We'd work on things together. You know, because they were in that as well. They knew what was happening. No one was blindsided by it. Sure. Um, yeah, but it was tough. But uh, we managed to win a few championships in South Africa um, yeah. as a young coach then. Um, yeah, so I was grateful. Very sure. blessed. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> now, previous episodes that we've had you on, it's it's been so clear. I think everyone who knows you is aware of this, mm. um, that you... You, you are really um, big on the mentoring yeah. side of things. Yes. And as an athletics coach, how important is it to, to move from simply being a coach, mm -hmm. you know, blowing the whistle, yeah. telling them practical things, sure. and actually walking with them as yeah. people? It's vitally important, eh? even more important than what happens on the, on the track. Is it difficult, do you think, for all coaches to be... Yes, I think it is. Okay. Um, look, you're dealing with personalities first and foremost. Um, so not everyone is open to to that sort of relationship. Sure. So you kind of have to feel your way around first um, before you dive in. Um, but there are athletes who are open to it. You know, um, I just had, had an athlete just tell me he needs to chat to me. Um, he doesn't know what he's doing with his life. Sure. Um, he needs direction. You know, sure. those sort of things. So then yeah, you're not yeah. okay. So yeah, so this is this has moved off simply just the track yes this is now moved into yeah. where i'm actually doing life with this yes. person which is where i think i'm actually i won't say better but mm. i'm more comfortable sure you know what i mean um in that sense because if they're happy off the track what happens on the track yeah. will just 
it'll just spill over. So yeah. it'll, they'll, you know, have a good time there as well and, and have good results. So yeah, so so it's it's a big thing. And it's again, it's something that, that I may not have been privileged to have in my life for a long period of time. Sure. Um, you know, there were people obviously who walked with me and who guided yeah. and assisted, but they also had lives. Mm. You know, and when they weren't there, when they couldn't be there, I could certainly feel yeah. and see the gaps. You know? Sure. So, okay. so yeah. So you you saw you saw the gap in your own life yes. that you you hoped would have been met. Yeah. And yeah. you're doing that for others. Yeah. We are trying to. Yeah. Trying to. Yeah. Um, well, I think I think you are. I think you are, and I think I think the 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 athletes that have mm. that I've met that have attended the conference sure. in previous years, um, or athletes that I've seen. Um, give testimonies sure. online about their experience being your um, students, your athletes. Sure. Um, they've, they've attested to, yeah. Yeah. yeah, just the, yeah, it comes down to that trust, just how much mm. they trust you. Yeah. Yeah. And you can, you can definitely see it in yeah. the way they relate to you, the way they speak to you, the way they approach you. Sure. That you're more than just the whistleblower on the side, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're an integral part of their life more than just yeah, and, yeah, the and one who tells them to run faster. Yeah, <laughs> and that's important, Dave, because I mean I, I'm always aware, and they are not, they may not be at, at the you know at this point in time when they are competing, mm. but they won't do what they're doing forever. Sure, you know there will come a time when they have to transition into the professional world, yeah, of work, whatever the case may be, business, and then the athletics or the sport will, if they're not professional elite you'd have to kind of do less of that and sure. focus more on making a living. Yeah. And that's when what we then now learned and being taught on the f- track will come into play as yeah. well. You know, can you handle pressure off the field? Um, can you make good decisions? You know, yeah. those sort of things. Um, are you grounded? What's your models like? What's your virtues like? Sure. Um, those sort of things. Yeah. You know? Um, so yeah, it's important. Eh? I, I really, like I said, I enjoy that part because it just takes you into a different dimension of of who they are mm. you know a lot of what happens at the track is masked by what's happening in the life yeah. <laughs> you can come and put on a good show yeah it doesn't mean you're happy it doesn't mean no. you're going through stuff you know and issues and those sort of things and and yes the track can be an outlet for for those sort of things but you still have to deal with it you know yeah um and that's why i think it's mentorship is, yeah. is important yeah. yeah absolutely and uh, i think especially now um, I think it, it's easy to look at the, um, you know, your national athletes mm. um, and think that, you know, they've got this high pressure lifestyle, yes, yes. but it's high pressure at a school level now. Yeah, it's high pressure across the board, whether it's amateur, yeah. school level, provincial, yeah. national, whatever yeah. it may be, there's this high pressure life. And especially when yes. you are at a, <laughs> a school and university level, you're not just you know, for instance, your students at university, they're not just there yeah. nine to five running on a track. Yeah, yeah. They're going to classes. They're doing Absolutely. all, they, they've got this whole yeah. academic life yeah. that they have to succeed in. Sure. And in many cases, um, if they don't succeed, yeah. they can't perform. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And the pressure is, is really, it's, it's, it's so um, immense on, on school kids. I mean, just think about them. You have to make the first team. Yeah. If you don't make the first team, you're gonna. We'll do what we can, and there's a lot of pressure coming from parents, unfortunately. Sure. Um, driving that, um, you know, you want your boy to play first team rugby. Mm. You know what I mean. You want him to play Craven Week, etc. Yeah. You know those sort of things, which yeah. is important goals, but it's not the in all and be all. 
yeah. you know. Um, and then once you achieve that, then you must make the provincial team. So it doesn't stop. So you make the provincial team. Yeah. And then you must make the national team. You know what I mean? So so the the pressure just gets more and more, gets piled on from different directions, sport, academia, you know, culturally as well. Yes. There's a lot of and you know, a lot sure. of pressure on 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 our athletes and our and our youngsters. And and that's also why something like this conference is really helpful. Mm. You know, it can help a parent um cope with and guide, help guide their children yeah. through those things, navigate um, life from that perspective and equip them better. Um, yeah. I mean, we'll have athletes like, for example, Wendan Nell, who was supposed to go to Olympics this year, but has been postponed. So mm. so now, basically, her life, or most athletes' lives, has been delayed or yeah. postponed by a year. Yeah. Just, be, thing. just pause. Yes. Pause, on, pause on all of your careers yeah. for a second. Yeah. And, yeah. So now, refocus. How do you deal with that disappointment? Yeah. How do you come back next year? Competition will be different to what it is this year. Your form, your physical preparation, mental preparation will be different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Who do you have at your best times this year as opposed to next year? You know, there's a lot of things going on. Yeah. Um, and like I say, yeah, so so there's a lot of things happening. And, and it's good that, for example, like All In is a platform for, for people to just come and learn, share experiences, best practice. Um, we'll have the best of the best year anyway. So, so yeah. So yeah. Help now, on on that note of you know Olympics being postponed and all those mm-hmm. things, um, for you the is is it? I want to get the name right. Is it the student world the, the world, world champs? It's world the student games. World student world student games. Yeah. There we go. World student games. Yes. So Korea twenty fifteen. Yes. Italy twenty nineteen. Yes. Okay. You've you've been on these trips. Sure. As the coach. You've been intensely involved in the the mentorship and the coaching of these athletes on yeah. on these levels, and um, just two two statements um, that that I've got that you made. Sure, um, it's always an honor to represent your country, and it, and this time, um, this was for the 2019 the Italy trip. Sure, um, and this time I felt surprised at first, and then honored and excited to have been shortlisted and, and then appointed as this is the second biggest event in terms of participation to the Olympic Games, we are aware of the big task ahead, but we will give it, uh, but we will give it our, our all and represent South Africa as best we can. Sure. You, you've clearly understood the responsibility of this platform. Yeah. And you, you've seen the task ahead. When it comes to motivating these athletes... Mm. Motivation needs a goal. Yeah. You cannot motivate anyone without yes. a goal. Yeah. What is it like when you go from, from, from coaching guys at this <laughs> level where you're going, okay, guys, you know, we did great in 2015. Now we look to 2019 mm. or, or competitions that are happening before that. Sure. What is it like then, 2020 coaching, <laughs> you know, <laughs> when, when you're motivating guys or, or trying to motivate them when they were mm. going to be competing this year sure. and now – they yeah. can't. It's it's not easy, um, to be honest with you, um, because firstly, as a coach, I also I was also very disappointed, you know, at what happened. So I had to deal sure. with that myself. Um, but you deal with it and get over it, um, and then you move on. You know, yeah. you, you shift focus. Like I said earlier, there are things we can control. There are things yeah. we can't control. Yeah. So we yeah, you, be couldn't, you, you can't control. Yes. A pandemic. Yes. You absolutely. can control the attitude yeah. towards a pandemic. Yeah. Okay. So you look at what's more important. Obviously. Like I shared with my athletes, their health is first and foremost um, the most important thing. Sure. So if you can't compete, if you can't, um, you know, train, etc., then that's mm. what we'll do. 
we'll just adhere to to the protocols until it's it's, it's lifted and we can get together. Um, so you you take the focus off the event that didn't happen and you put it back onto them. Sure, they are the most important um, person, obviously, yeah. in, in this whole scenario. And for them, I always tell them, listen, make sure that you get to the starting line, at least. You can be unfit, you can be out of shape, but you can't compete if you're not on the starting line. So, so make do everything you can to get there, to be there when the gun goes yeah. off, literally. And then you can compete. You can't compete from your couch or yeah. watching it on TV, you know what I mean? Yeah. Then you're not there, you're not in the race. So get in the race. And that's those basically meaning do what you need to do to get through it and, and get there next year. And so I had to also, you know, I had to readjust, um, get them motivated. Um, but also amongst themselves, there's a good community eh, amongst the athletes oh, where cool. they actually inspire and motivate each other. So there'll be challenges that we that we did. Yes. Um, simple things like, you know, how many sit-ups can you do in a minute? Yeah. For example, and now this one goes off on like, he did like 61. I'm like, yeah. no show, I've seen this no, video no. type of thing you want to see. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? So, so it was good banter, you know, yeah. and, and you bring in, you bring in the humorous side to it as well. And yeah, so, so, so you do that, put the focus back on them, their health, um, and then you just try and work things around them, just feeling like they're training together, although we were in isolation. Yeah. So they'd all get the same program. They'll have to do it. They'll submit videos. I send everyone's videos back to them. So, and now obviously some of them don't do it as well as the others. So that becomes a talking point for the week. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was good. You know, good, good, yeah, good yeah, little yeah. banter. And I mean, now we're in November or what's it now? October, right? Yeah, October. October. Yeah. Um, October. And yeah, it's been like seven months later and we're still going strong. Eh? Yeah. Um, athletes so, are they struggling I must be honest with you it's not easy coaching when you can't use facilities really mm. but I think out of this um, we will see some excellent results um, so forward because just amazing. purely because of that hunger that passion they have um, they've been deprived of competing yeah. and now they can again from November onwards so we're looking forward to some, some so, great times here I think it's it's easy to forget um and the only, yeah, I can only take it from um, obviously being a, a I'm a big fan of the Premier League. Sure. So I can only take <laughs> it from that. But when things kind of um, started to settle down in the UK, yes, uh, teams got back to training, mm-hmm. um, stadiums were, they were playing games again. Um, I remember Troy Deeney, um, striker for Watford. Sure. Made, he made a comment about um, just how he was still uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, returning to training. Yes. Um, and a comment he made was, he said, you know, guys, I have, because oh, fans were saying, oh, it's no different to going to the shops. Mm. Training is no different to going to the shops. Yeah. He said, yeah, but you have a choice to go to the shops. Yes. He said, if my team gets back to training, I don't have a choice. Yeah, absolutely. I'm the captain of the team. Yeah. There's no choice there. Yeah. Um, and just the attitude of the fans were like, mm. yeah, but you're there to entertain us. Yeah. Get back on there, do your yeah, job. Yeah. And it's very easy to forget yes. the mental side yeah. of all of this. Yeah. And I remember when, um, oh, I need to remember now, it was Rickonet Stienkamp, yes. who in her session for All In, she was talking about just the, the obstacles of mm. overcoming injuries yes. and stuff. Yes. And the thing that hit me was just the mental obstacles yeah. to overcome. Yeah. And so during this time, motivating these guys, it's, you know, I'm sure it's been more than just as you say, the physical struggles of yeah. not being able to train in facilities yeah. and with yeah. the correct equipment, but just that mental yeah. struggle yeah. of the goal is gone yes. now. Yeah. Or I say gone in, in, in 
quotation yes, marks because yes. it's not gone, but yeah. that that goal for this year has now moved. Yes, it's been moved back. Yeah. So it's more than just physical obstacles. Yeah. It is a mental block yeah. that you now need to overcome. Absolutely. But it's as you say, you think about the things that you can control. You yeah. can't control a pandemic. Yeah. It's there. It's affecting everyone. Yes. So you can you can whinge and you can moan about it as much as you want, but it's not going away now. Yeah. Yeah. So you may as well focus on the things that you can control. Yes. <laughs> I can control how I'm training yeah. in my own space. Yeah. You know? There's no point sitting going, I don't have the track, I don't have this, I don't have this. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Sure. So, something I, I also wanted to, to get your opinion on, Andrew. Mm. Looking at your life as a competitor at a provincial level um, and at a school level, particularly those two, those two levels, because mm. when it comes to player development, those two levels are vital, school mm. level, provincial level. Um, it's often... A, if we look if we look in our country you know i think everyone's a fan of the proteus or the springboks yeah, or yeah. you know these big national teams yeah. <laughs> but you know we if we've seen it um when you know if the if the kings play or or when games happen at a provincial level the poor support in the stadium yes, and yes. and all of this that yeah. the player development at a provincial level mm-hmm. and a school level i think is is underappreciated by the yeah. public yeah. generally yes um, but you you will attest to just how important this yeah. time is in an yeah. athlete's life. Yeah. How do you see things compared to when you were competing mm. to now as a coach? Sure. Um, how have things changed in in the way um, player player development is handled mm. at that level now? Um, are things better? Are things worse? Are, mm. have, has it just changed, but yeah. not necessarily for the better or worse? You understand what I'm yeah. Yeah, yeah. So 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 this will be a general statement, not yeah. specific to, to any sport or mm. any you know. Um I think in hindsight, uh, development was done better when I was an athlete. Sure. Um what happened with a sport or sports generally becoming more and more professional, um, it changed a lot of the focus. Um so the focus went off the player or the athletes yeah. towards budgets. Um, and programs um, for these athletes, which in most cases um, doesn't bear any any fruit. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So we see it. All you get is a really packed calendar. Yes. Full of tournaments yeah. and brand, uh, big branded yes. things. Yeah. That just you know kills your athletes. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So so in my day, I mean, we we I was part of the the academy, um, the first sprint academy in in PE, um, and we were five athletes. Uh, from the Eastern Cape region. And, um, I mean, we didn't get much, but we got some, you know what I mean? Like, we could go to gym, etc. And we had people um, coaching us, obviously. Um, these days, it's, it's you have, like your coach, you have your physio, you have, sure, I don't know what else, you know? It's like just a lot of people <laughs> yeah. around you, yeah. managers, etc., your agent. Yeah, it's you like it, it, it's becoming like like the the credits at the end of a movie. Yes, yes. Just everyone involved yeah, in, yeah, in these yeah, teams. Yeah, and and with that, I think also like development um, of athletes is often also misunderstood. Sure. You know, because even elite athletes still develop. You know. Yeah. It's a different degree of developing. Yeah. Um, but they still develop. So development is seen largely seen as grassroots level. So now. If you look at it, if you just put a picture in here, it's like someone who doesn't have spikes this year, but next year they have spikes. So they've developed mm-hmm. into being able to run with spikes, for sure. example. Cool. 
no, no development took place really for that mm. athlete, except that the circumstances may have changed a little bit. Okay. You know, but there's no growth um, mentally taking place mm. as well. So athletes aren't prepared when they get to the high level, um, yeah. you know, and, and that's where, where, where it dies down, you know. So, sure. And also I think um, a big problem um, are people running these programs, to be honest with you. Sure. Um, many don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Many of them are involved in it for the wrong reasons because now, like I said, the sport is now very professional, mm. most sports. And you're actually, as an athlete these days, I see, I see it as your, it's modern day slavery. So sure. you are owned by wow. the sponsors, you're owned by, yeah. you know, TV rights, et cetera, et cetera. And they dictate. Mm. For example, if you're on a big contract with one of the big shoe, shoe makers, I won't say who, you need to run at least 10 to 12 races a year. Uncompromised. Sure. You must do that. Wow. You know what I mean? So there's pressure before the season starts. Wow. Goodness you gracious. Know? Otherwise, me. you're not getting your paycheck type of thing. So, you know what I mean? So, wow. so that's, yeah. so, so now you, you've, you have an athlete who may not have developed as well as they could have or should have. And now they're thrust into this spotlight. Yeah. And so I'm saying, still at elite level, there are people, athletes who are still developing. They still need to develop, you know, certain yeah. skills, et cetera. So, so it's just a different aspect of development. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's it's like in my view, I've seen it as well. It's not this whole thing of you know now you have someone who's who's poor and has now come through the ranks and now they go from the school mm -hmm. that they they were at now they're at another school who has more opportunities. That actually should actually stay in that school, mm. and that school should work around developing yeah. that athlete and inspire other athletes so that the yeah. school as a whole can develop. You yeah. don't take that actually out of the school, yeah. and that school stays behind. Yeah. It gets worse and worse. We're seeing it literally now yeah. as we speak. Because um, all, all, I mean, all that says for the kids in that school is, in order for me to make it, I have to get out. I have to get out of it. I have to leave yeah. my circumstances yeah. in order to yes. succeed. Absolutely, and that's unfortunately how I saw it as well. Yeah. Um, only thing is, I couldn't go to another school. Mm. It wasn't allowed then, but yeah. a lot of them did. You know, a lot of guys do make those choices, and yeah. for some, it's worked really worked out really well. They're still connected with the communities, um, giving back, etc. You know, um, but still, the community at large um, stays behind. Yeah, you know, sure. It's a difficult thing. It is, and it's a difficult one. And I think it can it can be easy to see it as this mountain that you know will never overcome. Yeah. But when you do see these athletes mm. who give back or open training clinics. Mm. Um, you know, your coaching clinics in there, yes. you know, in the, the community that they grew yeah, up in yeah. um, and they start helping develop kids like sure. that. That's kind of, I'm sure where you look at it and you go, okay, in some, yeah. in some way we are on the right track, yeah, but I'm sure there, there is still a long way to go. Yeah, there is. Eh? And, and it's, it's so, it's, it's really sad what's happening in some communities where, where you have people who really work hard to find that one Usain Bolt or, you know, yeah. uh, Roger Federer yeah. type of thing. And and then just get blasted, eh? like, you know. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of people out there doing things um, and attempting to do things. But again, it comes down to, as an individual, as an athlete, as a scholar, do you want to change? Do you mm. want to get to the next level? Sure. How much are you willing to put in? You know, and sometimes I'm I'm unapologetic when it comes to to these sort of things because I made a, you know, a, a decision to to be better, mm. to take advice, yeah, to struggle, 
yeah. you know, to sacrifice. Whereas these days, um, they just don't want to. Some yeah. just don't want to. Yeah. They want everything easy, um, handed to you on a platter. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's the instant thing. You know, yeah. It's like coffee. Yeah. That's what they want. So unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. the work ethic and all those things goes out the window mm-hmm. because we see success around us, um, but we don't know how people got there. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, Absolutely. Sorry, I'm... No, 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 it's exactly, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's good because it is a very real issue that, yeah. uh, and it doesn't matter what sport it is. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because yeah. it's the same thing yeah. everywhere. Even community. I mean, we're yeah. talking affluent, not as affluent. So yeah. same thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, I remember, um, I remember an interview where Lewis Hamilton was speaking about it and it's a yes. sport I'd never yeah. really thought about. Yeah. Formula One. Yes. I'd never really <laughs> thought about it. And he, he spoke to just how elite it is. Yeah. He said, there, there is no way that you're going to make it in the sport mm. unless you competed at a karting level. Yes. And in order to compete at a karting level, you need to own a kart. Yes. You need to be able yeah. to do all those things you need to yes. have. And, and so, yeah. you know, he, was, he himself was speaking about how he's trying to, in his community that he yes. grew up in yeah. the UK, which was a poorer community. Yes. Oh, yes. he's trying to help things there yeah. because he's, he realizes that the only way you're going to make it in the sport is yeah. if you have all the money to outlay first. Absolutely. And so, yeah, it is regardless yeah. of the sport, yeah. there is this elite sense yeah. that, you know, in order for me to make it, I have to have this and this and this and yes. this and this, which when you are a young kid growing up in poorer areas, yeah. it's, it doesn't give you much hope. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't give you much hope at all. And I think what's, yeah. what's wonderful is when um, I look at local athletes, mm. local sportsmen, local sportswomen yeah. who are changing that, yeah. that attitude, Absolutely. you know? Yeah, the many who, you know, has come through with, who went through a lot, but had, you know, didn't have much. Mm. You know, they had to make it work. Yeah. Uh, make do with what they have and had at the time. So, so yeah, so like I said, it just, it just comes back to, you know, the personal, the individual, how much do you really want it? Yeah. You know, how valuable are you to yourself and to your community? You know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah. So, so yeah. yeah. That's so, <laughs> you know, you're talking about development and mm. we look at your own development. Um, a lot has happened in the last, what, what, two, three years? What yeah. came first between sure. the three? Because it's all in. A two is before three. Sparta. <laughs> 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 and on that note, thank you for joining. <laughs> no, no. So, you know, we we look at all at the All in Sports Conference, which we've sure. mentioned. Um, Sparta Speed, yes, athletes in action. Yeah, what are those? So, so Sparta Speed actually started about a decade ago. Sure. Yeah, it was always in my mind. Um, that's when I started coaching. Okay. So I was reading up a lot, studying a lot, um, you know, about the sport, um, programs, methodologies, philosophies, etc. Um, you know, and that's when I, and I, I thought, you know, I should actually just, you know, um, work towards writing my own program. Um, but it will take time, obviously. Mm. You can't, you don't just start writing things and you need to know things first, <laughs> you know, uh, and master them, etc., so that started about 10 years ago. I, uh, this year, though, I've, it was just formalized. So you know what I mean? So it's always been there. It's always been something that I've been working on and towards um, with athletes way back then. 
up until this point now where I thought, you know, it's, it's time that this thing becomes a thing. Sure. That it's more tangible than just me knowing about it. It, it needs to go out there um, as well. So, yeah, that's, that's when it started. And, and like I said, it's not something new for me. It's new for everyone else. Um, and that's why I don't... People look at me like, you're not excited about it. I'm like, yeah, I am, but I'm also not really yeah. at the same time because <laughs> yeah. there's work and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I'm passionate about it. Sure. You know. Um, yeah, and I mean, the athlete in action thing started when I... I was at a crossroads with the sport, um, you know, and do I continue or what do I do? How do, sure. I, how do I still stay involved in a meaningful way uh, without losing contact with the sport? Mm-hmm. And um, a friend of mine, Ruben Ramalefi, who was um, South African and African steeplechase champion for years, he still holds the record today. Sure. Um, he um, encouraged me to look them up um, because we were just chatting and he's a Christian guy. Um, and I s- found them and inquired, and they sent a whole bunch of things through for me that I needed to go through, you know what I mean? And I did, and like years later, I actually forgot that I applied to be on one of the teams. <laughs> I was in Cape Town at the time, and they called to say um, I've been selected to, to tour them uh, to Europe yeah. on a sports ministry team. I'm like, no, I mean, this must be a joke. I mean, yeah. I just <laughs> retired from running like the year before. <laughs> I'm in no shape to do anything, let alone compete in Europe. I mean, yeah. you know. Um, and they were seriously like, no, they prayed about it. Um, I've been on their radar for a larger part of two years at that point in time. And they want me to go with the team. Wow. So yeah, I was um, <laughs> retired. I had to start training again because like six months later, I was in Europe. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I'm just <laughs> laughing because I'm just trying to imagine... Yeah. You're just sitting doing your thing during the day. Listen, all of a sudden, you get this phone call six months later. Yeah. This is what we need you to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was crazy. But I mean, it's again, you know, one of those things that I think what you do early in life, it always it leads to a point. And sure. that point was always there. It's just, it took me a while to get there. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, and then I was catapulted into that. And, and that's how my love for sports ministry actually started. That's when I sure. saw what okay. it could do, how impacted it impactful it could be um it was the year before it was olympic year actually um we were in belgium um and germany france and we saw all these olympic athletes pre- preparing running races and we could minister to them you know wow and that's when i also learned how important it is to just you know see them for where they are for sure. they're not this mega star they don't want to be seen yeah. as that um, they are people with needs just like I have and you have. Um, and that's how I made the connection. Like, listen, this is really, really what I want to want to pursue. Um, sure. Yeah, I got, just got such a kick out of, you know, spending time with them, praying with them, them coming up to you and like just sharing their stories, their struggles, yeah. me doing the same, you know what I mean, type of thing. It was really, really cool. I mean, I met some world-class athletes that I was like, Sure, this is really so and so. I was watching you on TV like yeah, two days ago. You know, yeah, <laughs> and, and, now. and now we're sitting here, yeah. you know, having supper together, whatever, you know. So it was yeah. really cool, eh? and just seeing their hearts and their need, um, you know, because on that stage, obviously, it's it's tough. They are under the spotlight. Um, scrutiny is, is quite crazy. They can't do or say anything. You know, the media is on them like this, and yeah. 
you know, so it was good. It was a good learning curve again. Um, yeah, and that's how I got involved with Athletes in Action, and I'm now with Campus Crusade for Christ, or crew as they're known. Cool. I'm an associate there. Um, also working in the sports ministry scene um, as well. Um, so yeah, so it's been a been quite a journey. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but and a really, good one. Yeah, yeah, and really a testament to to God's favor in your life yeah. and His goodness. Yeah. You know, I'm sure. Um, Sure, there are probably times when you when you look back yes. at, you know, Chapman days, um, and you look at where you are now and the opportunities yeah. now, and you think if anyone, you know, if if anyone went to you yes. as a high school student and said, "This is what yeah. you will be doing. Yeah. These are the people you'll be meeting. Yeah. These are the people you'll be ministering to, yeah. Yeah. and the people you'll be coaching, and yeah. the opportunities you'll have," yeah. you would have probably laughed at them and said, "No, no, Absolutely. no way, no way." I mean, I mean, back then, like I said earlier, we didn't even know that. Um, there was this whole other world outside of PE. Yeah. I mean, even in PE. Yeah. Um, it was our neighborhood and yeah, we yeah. went to town. That's where you commuted. I didn't even know Cape Road existed for yeah. a, a large part of my life, <laughs> to be honest with you. So now to tell me, then you're going to go to Europe, you're going to do this, this. Yeah. I was like, it would have been, yeah, it would have laughed at you. Yeah. Like, seriously. And, yeah. and, you know, God is good. Absolutely. Yeah. Q&A. And He's I brought mean, you through all of this stuff yeah. and, and presented you with all these opportunities. Yeah. And yeah. given you the strength to do all yes. of it and the abilities to do all of yeah. it. Absolutely. And I must say, I mean, just looking back now, I'm just this just come, came to me now. Like, there were times when I had choices. And I could have chosen very differently. Sure. You know? And my life would have ended up differently. I would not have met the people I've met, you know, yeah. and experienced what I've experienced. And, um, yeah, so I'm just grateful that there were people. And I'm just, you know, I just want to honor them as well. Um, I wouldn't mention any names, um, who, you know, they were there to just say, listen, mm. just just come, just take a few steps back and sure. you're getting out of yourself, um, yeah. you know, um, were there for me. And yeah, so so again, it comes back to the mentorship thing. That's why it's such a um, a big thing for me, you know, to see people yeah. be their best, you mm. know. Um, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> it's awesome. Cool, man. So the All In Sports Conference... Yes. First weekend of November. Yeah. We're looking forward to it. It's going to be amazing. Absolutely. Register. Register now. Register ASAP. Yes. Numbers are limited. We're still in a pandemic. Yeah. We can't fit thousands and thousands of people yeah. in, this, in, <laughs> in this building. So register. Um, yeah, as I say, all the details will be in the, the description of the podcast. Go to Facebook, find Lighthouse Family Church, sure. Instagram, Lighthouse uh, Port Elizabeth. I think that's the Instagram handle, I don't know, but also Lighthouse Family Church, All In Sports Conference. Yes. Um, you'll find all the details on social media um, and details about the athletes who will be speakers. Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah, it's going to be an amazing weekend. It's going to be. We're in for a treat this year. I must say it's, it's come together very nicely. Yeah. Um, every year we, we, we have an idea of who we want at the conference. But, you know, there's always, you know, God just comes in and says, and say, no, no. Yeah this is the direction we're going into and, and we're just obedient and we're just following that. And I can tell you now it's going to be, it's going to be so impactful. Um, you need to be a, um, to experience these, these athletes. And what they have said, the ones from the previous editions is that they are so blessed, the athletes themselves from being here. So sure. they are blessed. They come in to, to bless us and yeah. to share, but they leave here, uh, sure. blessed and encouraged by, by us as well. So, so yeah, That's just awesome. come out and support and yeah. Yeah. 
I'm looking forward, looking forward to it. I couldn't get that sentence out. I'm looking <laughs> forward to it. Uh, I know that that there's many of us who are looking forward to this thing. It's going to be a fantastic time. And Andrew, thank you so much for having this conversation. It's amazing just to 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 talk about the life sure. that you've lived and to to also see the opportunities that God has yeah. laid out for you. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. yeah, and just the the places that he is still taking you, sure. and that the places he's still going yeah. to take you. Yeah, no, thanks, Kieran. And if it's any encouragement, I mean, um, you know, it's it's just about you know putting yourself in the right mm. position, sure, um, to be used. You know, it's yeah. about making the right choices, and and just trusting God eh, um, for your life. It may not seem at this point in time like you're heading anywhere or going anywhere, but just just stick it out. You know, things will happen. Yeah, sure. Thank you, Andrew. Cool, man. No better way to end. Thank you all for listening. We will see you at the All In Sports Conference. Until next time, God bless. Stay safe. Cheers. Thanks, Kieran.